Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And this week we are talking about Shazam! Fury of the Gods and the future of the DCEU, such as it is. Eric, how are you this week? I'm I'm doing so good. How are you this week? Feeling Shazam-tastic. Oh, goodness. I'm, every time I th- see anything about Shazam, it makes me think of like classic comic book, like the titles of just like words like Brigadoom and Kabob and Kabob. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Although this film does tell you what Shazam stands for. Yep. Uh, it made it maybe a little less interesting. I don't know. Uh. Anyway, we finally got Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the follow-up to the 2019 film Shazam. This one was originally scheduled to come out last fall. They pushed it back to the spring. Uh, It's one of three DCEU films that is going this year that are probably representative of the end of something, which we will talk about in a little bit. But this one... Finds our uh, hero, Billy Batson, and his alter ego, Shazam, still fighting uh, for the city of Philadelphia with his family. Um, But in comes uh, a set of gods who uh, are now able to cross the veil because the the magic protection was broken somehow by one of the uh, most minor things that people might remember from the original Shazam, which is when he just goes ahead and snaps the staff. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was a lot more important than he knew or any of us realized at the time. Uh, and these gods look a lot like Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. Uh, and they wreak havoc on the city and on Billy's family. Meanwhile, Billy's kind of having a crisis. The first movie was about him trying to find a family. And as we pick up here, he's just afraid of losing that family. Um, kind of drives the whole way through here. It was interesting, if possible, Shazam, but specifically Billy Batson, feel like a minor character in their own film. Um, Jack, to me, Jack Dylan Glazer uh, Glazer was the most interesting, had the best arc, some great times opposite Rachel Ziegler, opposite Simon Hansu. Uh, His character had by far the... His character actually had an arc. We'll just put it that way. Uh, We get a a big-time cameo of another DCEU star at the end, which will probably make uh, some people happy. Uh, And then, interestingly enough, we get a post-credit sequence that makes you think that this has a connection to a larger world, which I personally found a little bit troubling. Uh, Mm. The stakes were bigger. A lot of CGI punching in this one. Um, I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I'm I'm giving it a thumbs up. Did the you like the thing, first one? Before we... I really enjoyed the okay. first one. I would as I would that. rank that up there in terms of a, a movie that decided to not feel beholden to the tone uh, that everything else was at the time. And I honestly, I really like. Um, oh, this it's gonna kill me. It always. I'm so terrible with names. The director of this is uh not is it David F. Sandberg? Yes, David F. Sandberg. Yeah. Who is, you know, like 
popular for starting with like lights out on the internet and then getting to make the feature length and the passable Annabelle movie. Um, and you know, gradually building up to getting to do things with his own, you know, stamp. And I, I just, I thought Shazam really just kind of stood out a little bit as, as being a little more fun and, Oh man, I am the only reason I'm middling and not a thumbs down on this movie is because the Jack Dylan Grazer movie in this movie is is a thumbs up. But on top of that, you have to and and it's almost admitted with some of the uh stuff going on behind the scenes that this the rest of this you just have like a sort of bloating or extension of concepts that would typically be in your first movie, like expanding on why. Shazam is called Shazam and the heroes and what they are and the characters issues in the first movie. It also movie. felt a little bit like Harry Potter light at times. It did. That wrote itself and the secret library and the wizards and the doors. There's no reason for some of these scenes to be as long as they are, but I, I, I did enjoy a lot of the humor, a lot of the performances, but it, it, with every scene at any given time, it felt like there were only three characters, one that speaks with you know the authority of a godlike you know not quite british but character and then your straight man to play off the character who's rambling and stammering kind of like this whether it's jack dylan grazer or whether it's zachary levi at the time there's always a rambling character a straight man character and the god talking character and it was the same thing over and over again and and then this this arc with billy batson where his thing is well, I'm not sure if I can connect to a family. And in the first one, he finds a family. And in this one, it's like, I want to save the family. It's kind of a retread of a very familiar. It's it's the similar beat. It feels just like an extension, like a, like a 20 minute extension of it wrapped around this whole movie of Jack Dylan Grazer getting to revel in the mythology that he's been a fan of. And on, on that end, it felt it felt just like the movie was constantly pointing in the in in what felt like the wrong direction and I, honestly I, I so much of it felt very kid friendly and then you're like cutting off someone from saying mother with you know with but with unicorns but with evil unicorns but with the most egregious uh product placement taste the rainbow eric taste in, like, the rainbow over a decade i think like Oh gosh, the, I, I, at times I felt bombarded by like, oh, hey, let's go all the way back to Transformers Dark of the Moon with, with environmental destruction with like Why? the vines and everything Why going are we in. going back to these Transformers films? Yeah. We have time. Give us, give us a few months before we have to go back to Transformers this summer. Oh my gosh. It's... It's the exact same destruction scenes that feels like is in every movie, but you can tell that people are working very passionately to create this this thing and put it together because it feels very cohesive. Like everything spatially makes sense. They do a really good job of trying to make the world like they focus on an extra. Like when the bridge is being destroyed, they focus on a lady who's like running away from it, or they focus on one lady when the tree is growing who's about to be stabbed. And they try and make the threats in the movie feel real. But oh my gosh, just a slew of monsters and Skittles and, and characters and, and there are six of them and you can't flesh them all out. So you just make a movie for one of them. And it's not the main character of the movie, but it is like I 
struggling to keep my thumbs level. Like I, I just it On was poor, very hard. Poor Asher Angel, uh, who plays teen Billy Batson. Yeah, I mean, maybe five minutes of screen time. Maybe it was very touching. So, like they they did give him something very like real. I'm really glad that the mom asked to see Billy in human form. Which can we to have reflect a moment? on this for a minute? It was up at, until that point in time, which is almost the end of the second movie, that I realized that actress has an accent. Yeah. A pretty strong accent, too. I I don't remember it from the first time. I was like, wait, where did that come from? The, and um, she doesn't have it much at the end, I have to be honest. I'm I don't I'm not even hundred percent sure she had it in the first one. I, I'm willing to bet that there could have been like a slip up there because they parents feel like such an afterthought. There there are so many things in this movie that I think the production was aware were flaws because they pointed out like the parents are in the van and there's a line where they say, I don't know how to be a parent to this situation. You know, and, and then I think, you know, when he yells like Khaleesi and he's a fight attacking Lucy Liu. And oh no, he's grabbing the dragon that is made out of wood's tail and saying that this feels like a design flaw. And I'm like, yeah, a wooden creature that breathes fire. Like, it's you're making me like it a little bit less. Uh, but <laughs> just I'm sorry, but like I, I loved oh, the first Shazam, also an incredibly rewatchable great. film. Yeah. I was excited to see this. I still like Zachary Levi in the part. Uh, Oh, I did forget our uh, our photo. We can't forget the family. Also, yeah. how is it that Mary just doesn't have an adult doppelganger anymore? Because she certainly did at the end of the first movie. We're just glossing over that. Michelle Borth was her um, uh, avatar. Like a much, much older. She's talked about having to come in and replace the role and it feeling kind of bittersweet because she's happy to be get to be a part of like something like this. But at the same time, like her replacement and uh, in, in that meaning that the other actresses didn't get to work was kind of like felt like you were stepping into something they they had tried to build something. I imagine it's it's very uh, uh, Don Cheadle, Iron Man 2, like just trying to like, OK, I'm just going to step in here now. It's really okay. awkward what went on behind the scenes. But uh. that makes some sense then, because I, I thought. Mary looked different. I didn't know she was. She was Mary in the. She was in the first. Yeah. Somebody is someone who replaced somebody. Well, she replaced. So she's now both young Mary and superhero Mary. That's what was okay. a, a big change because at the end of the first film, they all get superhero doppelgangers right but i could have sworn and this is what i thought the point was was that they, that's them as adults and i thought it was really weird that shazam is supposed to be billy batson and billy batson's about to turn 18 yeah is he gonna go away it's like yeah what's gonna happen is it eventually just gonna be zachary levi in college and Clear. then <laughs> shazam and the suit comes on like i don't i don't know well, but in the case of Mary, her younger actress version became her. And but that raised questions for me, like the parents see 
clear. I mean, it's not even like a Superman thing where you went from glasses and the slick back hair to wearing your underwear outside your pants and no glasses. She looks pretty much 100% the same. Yes. They're all over the news. They didn't just not know how to be parents in that situation. Yeah. I'm not sure they know how to be parents. And just they're, the whole, I think our cool. house they're is cool people. struck by lightning often. <laughs> and just like, ah, there was just so much in this. And it's like, I guess they felt like they had to acknowledge it. But I always say it's kind of like horror movie and, movies and cell phones. If people would just not bring up that people have their cell phones, I think half the time you would get away with it. It's always once you point out, I oh, I have poor signal, that it's like, oh, you're trying to make an excuse for someone to not be able to use a cell phone. You, like, uh, some things you could just you could just ignore it and hope the audience is along for the ride because, I don't know. Ultimately, I still enjoyed it for what it is. That's Yeah, again, Jacqueline Grazer, low, low great. Risk. Well, he was so good. That's yeah. What, and there's like and a there romantic a, comedy a with him movie. and Rachel Ziegler that I would yes. pay to see. It's 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 a full movie in there. It's not like that movie. Like it's the movie's two hours and ten minutes. Okay, so you got like an hour and a half sufficient, an hour twenty minutes, something like that movie about this kid, this really interesting complex kid, and it's like. Am I a hero just because I think I have powers? Am I not? And the way they play off of one another's works really well. And then he meets the wizard this time. Like it, it's a full movie that works. It's just that that movie's a one thumbs up for me, and the whole movie is a one thumbs down for me. So it's like locked in the middle. Well, as you mentioned, there are post credit sequences that allude to this larger world. Of the oh. DC extended universe, drink in these posters in all <laughs> of their glory, Eric. As you know, and as many of our audience members might know, the DCEU is about to undergo a pretty seismic shift. However, Peter Safran, who is a producer of the Shazam movies, along with James Gunn, was appointed head of DC Films. And that's led to some questions, especially since there are pieces like James Gunn created the uh, Peacemaker TV show. Yep. And the first post credit sequence, we actually see Shazam meeting a couple characters from Peacemaker, which they have said is going to continue talking about the Justice Society, which I know you said you didn't see Black Adam, but you get introduced to... In Black Adam, um, Aldous Hodge, kind of the leader of that Justice Society that we see there uh, working for Amanda Waller. And we still have Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. We know that piece of continuity is probably going to stay. Yeah, she's the first James, official cast. James Gunn also did uh, Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad, which is the David Ayer version, but Suicide Squad, because why wouldn't we make it more complicated than we need to? which apparently is going to continue. And they've also said that Will Smith, who played Deadshot in The Suicide Squad, but was not in Suicide Squad, is coming back in the second James Gunn Suicide Squad. Just really? to confuse things even further, they've said Gal Gadot may not be done as Wonder Woman. However, we know cool. 
we know Henry Cavill is done yes. as Superman, and Ben Affleck removed. We know himself. Ben Affleck is done. Yeah, he's he's done. But if you're like me, when you went to the screening of Shazam, you probably saw a trailer for one of the huge summer movie tent poles, which is The Flash, yes. where we not only get Batfleck, but Michael Keaton Batman, and a double dose of Ezra Miller because one wasn't problematic enough. In a movie that now they want you to be hyped about until June, and then they could care less. And at some point in December, we're supposed to get an Aquaman sequel that no one asked for. So, Eric, let me start with this first question. Are you able to get excited for these remaining DCEU films? Uh, sure. For The Flash, uh, sure. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't condone so much of what's going on, you know, with Ezra Miller and all that, but the, the public platform is kind of shifting and, you know, there doesn't seem to be as much of like empowering somebody. And I, you know, there's a part of me that wants to wait and look for spoilers in the movie to tell if it's like a definitive ending for his casting as the flash before I see it. Um, because I do, it's not like, you know, I want to like not support the people who made the movie just because of the actor who they had already long committed to and shot things before they had ever, you know, like, like half of these things that I feel like they've been working on this for half a decade. Oh, they have, they were working on it when they made the first justice league, which I'm pretty sure was 18. They, when they made, yeah, when mm, the the Justice League Wheaton cut, or you know, yes. the original Justice League, came out in 2017 after being delayed yeah. from 2016 because Batman v Superman got delayed to 2016. And so all the way back in like 2016, they're talking about how The Flash and Cyborg are going to start as a movie together after Justice League. And... That got whittled away to just the Flash and announced really quickly to be Flashpoint Paradox. And then with the Snyder Cut coming out and all that changing, they said pretty early on that they were designing the Flash movie to sort of weed out what was Snyder and what was after Snyder. And now it's warped and taken on a life of its own and it's been confirmed that multiple different cameos have been cut out of the movie and everything has changed to where it's now it's going to be, all right, is everything you've seen up until now plus Aquaman and the end. And now the start of what new is happening, which we know will carry on, you know, a few elements. And after that, you see what survives with James Gunn's, you know, DCU. And, you know, I like James Gunn. Uh, I got to say, honestly, it's really weird, but uh, his Suicide Squad movie, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a well-made movie that kind of felt like someone playing with action figures. Um, whereas the 2016 Suicide Squad movie kind of felt more like a movie that was lived in, but it was a terrible movie. So I, I have very mixed emotions about one person taking the wheel and driving every project to go across multiple medias, video games, animated and, and live action, and just have like a cast running everything in one expanded funneled universe. Uh, I almost kind of feel like there's less and less of an opportunity for like uh, 
I don't know, franchise flexibility. Like if people who have been fans of Thor, for example, from Marvel being Thor, haven't gotten a movie where Thor takes himself seriously since 2013. It's been 10 years now. So, you know, it's, it's kind of odd when it's like, you know, we don't need like millions more $300 million blockbusters and all this kind of stuff. I don't think we do, but I just, I'll care about the characters I care about and I won't care about the properties. I won't, I'm just not going to end up being this person who's in line for everyone to see the big cohesive story they're building anymore. I'm already doing it for Marvel. People are just going to have to fill me in on like Black Adam 2. So if that ever well, becomes a thing. And that's one that, that doesn't seem like it's continuing. And that's the weird part about pieces of it seemingly continuing because they've come right out and said they're rebooting Superman. They're rebooting yep. Batman, even yep. though there's already an existing reboot of Batman that I don't know whether we should be considering part of this DCEU or not. I actually merged it into my DCEU rankings because I was unclear. Uh, oh. But, you know, and it's creating its own TV shows and world. It's yeah. fascinating to me. Uh, you and I are on opposite of. Uh, sides of the spectrum with the justice or with the suicide squad films mm -hmm. you know how much i love guardians of the galaxy oh i love me too i love james gunn i was wildly underimpressed uh by suicide squad i actually have it ranked below the suicide squad oh, which okay. is flawed but features a performance from Margot Robbie that I still maintain should have gotten an Academy Award nomination. They had oh. no idea what to do with her in the second film. They had yeah. no idea what to do with Rick Flagg. And mostly all it seemed like he wanted to do was blow things up and kill, kill people. Yeah, it seems like he has an interest in the niche characters like Polka Dot Man and... It just seems like he's gonna play in that direction, and it's like that's that's cool for some people, but that's not what's gonna get me excited. Yeah, so that's where I'm. I don't know what to make. I also don't love Peacemaker as a show. I it has I one of the it. most creative opening credit sequences I've ever seen. Nice in my entire life. They have this choreographed dance number with all the people that are involved, but the rest of the show was kind of a shoulder shrug to me. And so that combined with the fact that I'm not really excited to just completely reboot Superman and Batman yet again yeah, has me a little on the fence, you know, and it looks like they're going to lean into some really obscure, like, I don't know that I've been, anyone's been clamoring for a Swamp Thing movie, but we're going to get well, one. I'm sure there's a cult of Alan Moore fans out there who are like, why not? this but you know so it'll be curious and they like they're doing a live action series with all the pieces of the wonder woman um amazons but definitely not her mm -hmm. because and they i can't remember they described it like a soap opera or something yeah it was Is um, that what people are clamoring to see i maybe i'm out of step with the dc fandom well, I, I like the idea that there's a driving force. I, I don't remember the name of that one exactly, but you're right. It's, it's, it takes place a while ago and is more about the beginnings of Themyscira. And um, yeah, there's I, there's always been, even in this DCEU, like a backbone of the Greek gods. Like they with, with 
Justice League, both versions, they tie a little bit into that. You know, with Wonder Woman, it's been a through line. Wonder Woman has sort of been a core. Ever since Batman v Superman, she's been the thing that kind of splintered the tone from just being like Man of Steel to something otherworldly where otherworldly things fit into the universe. And I thought it was actually kind of nice seeing her at the end of uh, Fury of the Gods, the Shazam, because uh, what is that? Should I not have spoiled that? Probably. There you go. Well, too bad the toys already spoiled it. Um, Oh, that's right. So um, I won't say in what capacity she did, but, but when you're dealing with, you know, the reason his name is what the reason his name is. And, you know, the Z is Zeus and like you're, I don't know, creating a cohesive world that exists outside of the elements that are like in government rooms with the suicide squad and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I, I like it. So I don't know. I just don't know. Well, so if you don't consider Batman to be part of the current DCEU, uh, what would be your top three? Top three? Yeah. DC entries. In the Steel, Wonder Woman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So mine uh, would be Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, which it's it was so good it made me actually want to see him complete that vision that we're never going to see completed. Instead, we just get a ponderous second Aquaman film for reasons that don't exist. I am excited to see Michael Keaton back as Batman, but that's, but I've watched the flash trailer a few times and it's hard to get pumped about it. I personally, they said it's going back in time to around the timeline of when man of steel would have taken place. Mm-hmm. So I think we are just going to see them completely reboot and reset. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes from there. And and there are rumors that they haven't showed the true villain of the movie and there's there's these little like hints of an evil flash and a part of me thinks that if that's the case then they're keeping it out of the marketing because of the meme potential of an evil Ezra Miller. Um but it looked just like the same kind of broad, colorful strokes as Black Adam that made my brain kind of go numb when I was watching that trailer and I completely lost interest in seeing the movie. So I don't know. I'm going to see it, but Maybe. I still might wait for the spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that'll do it for us uh, today. Eric and I will be off next week, but we will be back in two weeks with all things John Wick and Dungeons and Dragons as the month of March comes to a screeching halt. Until then, go enjoy a little bit of Shazam or maybe some other DCE.